This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 247, Comic Reviews for February 18th releases. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, this is episode 247, it's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, February the 18th. I'm Adam Chapman, your host, and welcome to the show. Um... Just like we do every week, we take a look at some of the uh, highlights of uh, the previous week's releases that I had a chance to read and give a quick kind of rundown and review. Um, actually, a lot of comics came out last week, a lot of kind of big uh, profile comics. Uh, unfortunately, with due to my scheduling, uh, working my day job, a little bit extra hours this past week meant I didn't actually have a chance to read many comics. So today's episode is going to be relatively brief as I talk about uh, the six comics I was able to read last week. Uh, so they include the following, uh, at least the potential highlights. Um, they include, or not include, they start with uh, Batman and Robin number 39. Now, I continue to really dig this book. I think it's probably one of the strongest Bat books um, and definitely one of the more consistent ones. Uh, I think it often gets overlooked, which is unfortunate because I think it's just really entertaining. Uh, it's by Chief Peter J. Tomasi and artwork by Patrick Leeson uh, as they continue to look at the ramifications of uh, Damien now having superpowers. Uh, he threatens uh, some of Batman's rogues gallery, brings them up into space. He gets kind of a lecture and talking down for, or talking to from Batman. Um, two of them actually go out fishing, try and settle some nerves and relax. Um, Damien's bristling because he wants to be able to kind of use his abilities after everything he's been through. And Batman is more worried about the potential inconsistency of those powers and what if they were to uh, kind of fail him. Um, he brings Damien to meet uh, meet up with the Justice League and then they decide that they're going to kind of do a mission together. Uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, very cool great concept um as much as the idea of having robin of superpowers seems kind of hackneyed uh tomasi has proven himself to be worth taking a chance on because he could take something that might seem like a, a silly premise and actually make it a really good character study so we're seeing batman dealing with his, his son coming back from the dead which is exciting for him but also kind of scary and now he's changed and has all these abilities and he's taking risks because he doesn't have to worry about the after effects before if he did a rash action he could be hurt now it seemingly he can't be so it's interesting kind of uh, father-son dynamic and again the son having been dead wants to kind of revel in everything and it feels like he's being kind of held back from that by batman who doesn't necessarily trust the ability as it is his son like um very cool we have batman eternal 46 by uh story by scott Snyder and james tinning the fourth and then the actual script is by uh, Tim Seeley with consulting writers Ray Fox and Cal Higgins. Our work is by Alessandro Vitti on pages 2, 6, 9, sorry, 2, 6 and 9 to 14. Uh, and Christian Duce from uh, page 1, 7, 8, 17 and 20. And then 15 to 16 by Ronan Cliquet. Unfortunately, that means that uh, it feels a little inconsistent at times. Um, a little choppy in terms of the artwork. And it just feels like there's a lot of like... It had to be Roz, but it's not Roz, and it's someone else. And I just feel like we're we're getting closer and closer to kind of the end game, or what must be the end game, just because we're running out of time. And yet, the story doesn't really feel like it's wrapping up. Um, it's it, it, it's such an odd book. There have been times when it's been like a fantastic read, really good, and then it has week off, really big off weeks. Last week was really cool because it, 
I wouldn't be against Roz kind of being in charge of everything. And said it wasn't Roz, so who the hell is it if it's not Roz and Hush? And it feels less of a mystery and just more of a very tedious kind of uh, story at this point. So I'm going to give it a six. Uh, the artwork, again, inconsistent. Uh, it would have benefited from being a lot more of a consistent tone. Um, and then next up is Miles Mor- Sorry, I almost jumped over something. Uh, Justice League 39, which is by Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. Um, I absolutely love this book. I think it's fantastic. I look forward to eventually having the uh, hardcover collection of um, this particular run, because actually I think both arcs are going to be in that next uh, hardcover. Um, although I could be wrong. I think it's just called Injustice League. Um, really good. Uh, Fade Box art is incredible. Um, the story by Jeff Johns, it does pack a lot in here. Um, I didn't think it was a problem. I know some reviewers had kind of an issue with there being almost too much going on and the kind of weird New 52 version of a um, kind of definition and uh, origin of Amazo is a little bit off the beaten path and he's more of a Lex Luthor villain now, but I just thought it was a really good Lex Luthor-centric story as we see how Amazo kind of is created and ends up. What happens to, you know, Patient Zero, uh, the fact that Green Lantern, or sorry, um, how Jordan is kind of returning to the team is really exciting as well. Uh, seeing Captain Cold teaming up with Wonder Woman and Flash is really cool. And to be honest, I'm not surprised that Captain Cold is such an interesting character because Jeff Johns gets him, and even in the New 52, he still gets him, and he's still able to kind of make him work. Um, so yeah, this was a tremendous read. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, actually. I uh, I just found it really enjoyable and fun, and it was a good arc, and it's just a good book right now. And I'm, again, Faybok is just killing it. I'm, I'm such a huge fan, and um, it's really I'm really glad to see him on such a, a high-profile book. Uh, next up is Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man number 10. Um... It had, its, it had its problems. I mean, it, in, in theory, this is really cool, but it just feels like, again, there's not enough going on. We have, um, uh, you know, I almost forgot about the kind of the spider twins that was in the first arc that uh, Maria Hill and the, and the NYPD are after. Completely forgot about that. You have Miles trying to figure out what to do after everything that's happened with his dad. He goes up against Sabretooth, which is not a Sabretooth I even recognize, uh, and Electro. He fights those two. Um, and then he he gets, you know, kind of helped out by Cloak and Dagger. He ends up going to uh, try and find his girlfriend, ends up talking to her dad, and then kind of gets waylaid because he has, uh, he's actually Hydra. Um, I didn't really, I don't know, I, I again, at times, um, Bendis has a real issue with pacing, and I think this is one of the issues where that really comes out. Uh, the whole stuff with Cloak and Dagger feels like it takes way too long and is very repetitive, um, and it just feels like we didn't get a lot of de- further developments or onward plot digression, uh, progression. Sorry. And considering that this book is almost ending, I think that's more troublesome and problematic that we're not kind of getting more exciting stories just before it ends. Like, I just I, I expect more and want more from Bendis on Miles Morales. Um, next up, and that, I'll give that a six out of ten. Next up is uh, Silver Surfer number nine, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, Dan Slott and, and the Alrids. Um, I Again, I love this take on uh, Silver Surfer. It's extremely charming and fun. Um, the way that, to me as a character, um, the way that Dawn is written, here they're dealing with the idea that, um, you know, now 
Don is kind of talking to Silver Surfer and, and learning more about Silver Surfer's past and what he's done and what he's meant uh, and what Galactus means and how Galactus is looking for these people and how Don feels about it. And it's really, just really interesting to see. I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this. And uh, the, uh, even the idea that you have Silver Surfer riding an asteroid at one point uh, is is freaking cool. Or not even a asteroid story. He's, he's, he surfs a moon right at Galactus, which is really, really freaking cool. And not something you ever really expect to see. Um, it'd be interesting. And, uh, yeah, I, I I wonder where they're going to go with this. Because it looks like maybe some of the, um, uh, the Silver Surfer power is going to be taken away from Silver Surfer. And then we have Galactus coming to consume this planet. Because Silver Surfer was un, uh, unable to prevent uh, Galactus from kind of touching down and starting this process. Um, this was great. This was a really good read. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a nine. You know what? Fuck it. Giving it a nine. I think it's a solid, solid read. It's worth giving your time to. It's worth a few dollars. Um, Silver Surfer is just a great comic. Speaking of a comic that's not as great, we have uh, Uncanny X Men. This is issue thirty-one uh, by uh, Brian Michael Bendis and artwork by Chris Piccolo. Uh Although a, a giant, giant amount of uh, ink inkers. You got Tim Townsend. Mark Deering, Wayne Foucher, Mark Irwin, Jamie Mendoza, Victor Alazaba, and Al Vey. That is way too many anchors. Um, that, to me, seems like there's a there was a problem at some point within the art, or was it coming in too late, and they had to get a lot of people on board in order to get this out uh, out in time. Um, and then we have again, we have this Professor X is going to come from the past. Uh, I we finally end this whole Matthew Malloy. Um, issue and I just I really felt that it was not worth the time the amount of issues that were devoted to this considering how it all ends up ending um, this was this was kind of like just not worth it I mean if this had been a really kind of short condensed story it might have been a lot more interesting but that being said it just felt like it took so long to get to the point and um, it just wasn't interesting I, I just found it extremely frustrating um, that we spent so many issues, so much development, and it meant nothing. Um, nothing at all. So, I, I don't know. I just don't even care. Um, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for Bendis to be done. Because um, I don't think he really has a good vision for what he's doing with the X-Men anymore. This big mutant revolution, or even them being on the run, has never really amounted to anything. And, um, you know, only started out with such promise and then it kind of fizzled and Scott's in space and he's just kind of doing whatever and now they're wrapped up in a, in a galactic storyline and going through the cosmic books and now Uncanny has just felt rudderless through this long arc that ended up meeting nothing because of the time travel way too easy ending um, which I guess is nice for development of Eva Bell but at the detriment of everything else and at the de- detriment of, of dollars that you've spent on this on the on this issue. It's not like reading one issue where, you know, the avert- events get averted and that's it. Like that's like what four or five issues that don't matter anymore and don't don't mean anything. That feels like a, a bit of a fuck you. Um, I get that he's trying to tell this kind of interesting story about consequences and time travel. But even the consequences, do we really feel them? No. Um, so I just don't get what the point was besides wasting my money. Um, so I, I found this very frustrating. I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a five because it's like, it's not without some merit. Um, the art's nice, I guess, even though it has inconsistent anchors, but yeah, I was just freaking frustrated. Um, 
And that's actually everything I got a chance to read this week. So the books I didn't get a chance to read include the following. Uh, Batgirl 39, Batman Superman 19, Batwoman 39, Earth 2 Worlds End 20, Fables 149, Green Lantern New Guardians 39, Infinite Crisis Fight for the Multiverse number 8, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 3 number 10, Kitchen number 4, Multiversity Mastermen number 1, New 52 Futures End number 42, Red Hood and the Outlaws 39, Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman number 7, Supergirl 39, uh, Superman Wonder Woman number 16, Teen Titans 7, Teen Titans Go number 8, Trinity of Sin number 5, Wonder Woman 39, All New Captain America number 4, All New Captain America Fear Him number 3, Avengers World 17, Black Widow 15, Captain America and the Mighty Avengers number 5, Deathlock number 5, oh I missed that, shit, uh, Iron Fist Living Weapon number 9, Legendary Star-Lord number 9 which is part of Black Vortex, Loki Asian of Asgard number 11, Magneto 15, um, Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number 1, Moon Knight number 12, Miss Marvel number 12, uh, Nova number 27, Rocket Raccoon number 8, She-Hulk number 12, Silk number 1, Storm number 8, and Wolverines number 7. I'm really getting behind. I just the stack of comics in the last three or four weeks is really becoming a little bit gigantic, um, unfortunately. So that's everything I guess that came out on uh, February the 18th. Uh, looking forward to releases for February 25th. Some of the highlights include the following: uh, new issues of Aquaman, a Batman 66. There's the Batwing Volume 5 J paperback Into the Dark, a new issue of Deathstroke and Flash, Gotham Academy, Gotham by Midnight. Uh, you got the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe Volume 4 trade paperback. Uh, Just as the Dark has its fifth uh, trade paperback. You have uh, Mortal Kombat X number 3, uh, Secret Origins number 10, Sinestro number 10, and Suiciders number 1. Um, over at uh, Marvel Comics, you've got All New Captain America Fear Him number 4, new issues of All New Invaders, All New X-Men, which is part of Black Vortex, the epilogue to Spider-Verse and Amazing Spider-Man, uh, you have the Avengers and X-Men Axis Hardcover, Avengers Time Runs Out Premier Hardcover Volume 2, uh, Black Panther, Who is Black Panther? It's a new printing of that. Um, got uh, a trade paperback of the Dark Tower Drawing of Three Prisoner. Uh, new issues of Daredevil, De- uh, Darth Vader, uh, Fantastic Four as it gets near the end. I don't think this is the last one yet. Um, new Avengers has a new chapter of Time Runs Out. Uh, you got the new issues of Secret Avengers of S.H.I.E.L.D. You got the launch of Spider-Gwen, number one. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, number nine. Is that is reaching its ending soon? A uh, new issue of Superior Iron Man. A new epic collection in the Thor line. Thor epic collection, uh, trade paperback, Two Wake, Mengog. And uh, you have Uncanny Avengers, number two, and a new issue of Wolverines. So that's everything coming out uh, this coming week, or really tomorrow or the next day. I don't know when I'm going to post this yet, as this episode will be going up either on the uh, 23rd or 24th of February. And this is everything coming out on the 25th. So thanks again for joining us for uh, episode 247. Uh, The next episode will be our solicitations episode for, I believe, May 2015. Uh, Episode 250 is on the horizon. That's next week coming out either March 5th or 6th. Um, It's promising to be a good one. We should have a special guest on the show. It'll be exciting, something a little bit different that we haven't done in a while in terms of uh, the special guest. I don't really want to say much else, partially in case it falls through because of scheduling, but um, it should be an exciting episode, so please stay tuned. Uh, You can can, um, email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and post in our HC Realms threads as well. Uh, Thanks again for joining us for episode 247, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.